You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet After Dark podcast. Sometimes I forget what it's called, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. We're all still here, and that's, that's what matters, that we spend time together as a family, doing things together, you know, caring for each other. Whatever it is we, whatever it is we do here, um, some people called me last night and this morning, and uh, they wanted to talk to me. So I figured I'd just play some of those if that's okay with you. How does that sound? Does that sound like a plan? Let's do that. First up, we got uh, Omar, who is, I believe, our local firefighter. Hey, what's up? This is uh, Omar, local firefighter. Hey, from Virginia. Just well, calling. Not local. Um, I want to do me a three question. Nice. See if I got three questions for you. Oh, I guess two questions and then something that happened that will turn into a question. So, yeah, that's the three questions. Anyway, first question is, how do you feel about our wide receivers um, or basically how they performed that family night and just how you feel about them in general? Um, I like the rookies. I like Torrey Dobbs. I feel like, you know, I know I kind of feel like you've been sleeping on Torrey sometimes, but I kind of think, like, they probably going to keep him on the roster because – I don't think he'll be able to stash him on a practice squad, unlike uh, the Wisconsin one, um, Davis. Um, but I so I think he's gonna make the squad just off of that, unless he plays terrible in all the preseason games. Um, so I want, that's my first question. All right, um, a couple things. I don't think I'm super, maybe, maybe a little sleeping on him from your perspective. If you think he's good enough that somebody would steal him from us, but you got to remember, if we cut him with the intention of putting him on the practice squad and somebody signs him, they have to put him on the active roster. They can't stash him. And that's a pretty big move for a guy that is a, I mean, he was our fourth, seventh round pick. So, um, and, and you also got to remember every wide receiver throughout all the camps is quote unquote, tearing it up. So all 32 teams have got a pile of guys that are just absolutely crushing it out there somewhere, including the Bears. You know, they got Valus Jones. He's doing all this stuff. They got all these wide receivers that are late round undrafted free agent guys that they love. None of the actual guys that matter, but, you know, those types of guys are all killing it right now. I don't think there's really any risk. Um, I don't think I'm sleeping on him from the standpoint of him being good. I've, I've said outside of Dobbs, I think he's gotten more positive notes than anybody else. Um, including Lazard, probably. Not to say he's better. I'm just saying it's it's been pretty consistent. He's been crushing it. But I think it's too. He, I, th- I just think he's too young. I don't think he's ready. I don't think he understands the offense. And I don't think the Packers are going to give up a roster spot for a guy that needs that much work. Um, and is really just not going to get much playing time. I will say this though. Brian Gutekunst mentioned how they don't have to worry too much about getting the right numbers of guys. 
They just want to make sure they get the best. So, you know, my thought is even if he's the best, they end up stashing him because they need a different position more so. But with the the 16 practice squad guys, they have more flexibility to be able to bring guys up and down um, easily. So if they're a little light at a position, they can get by because let's say they only bring, I don't know, let's say they only do three linebackers. And you look at it and say, well, they probably would rather have a fourth linebacker than a seventh wide receiver, just based on you need the depth, you need whatever. I know special teams is a bigger equation here too, but but that's beside the point. The point is though, they, they can still look at it and say, we're fine with three because let's say Quay gets hurt and um, Chris Barnes needs to step, step into that spot. We can elevate somebody from the practice squad relatively easily. And so it's it's not as though we're in trouble. We're just going to elevate somebody that we would have kept anyways. So it, it serves the same purpose. But I still think being a rookie, needing a ton of, of time to learn the offense and everything else, I don't think he's at any risk of being snatched. And also the biggest thing is not really having any special teams. I mean, I, I have not seen him take a single special teams rep uh, as a returner, at least. Maybe he's done some stuff as a gunner or whatever. But um, since he doesn't really bring that, I don't, I don't really see it. Again, not because I don't like him, but just because he doesn't fit right now. Not yet. Overall, how do I like the wide receivers? I'm, I'm skeptical. I mean, I think the, the, the rumors are true. I, I think, um, you know, we, we've seen it. Nobody can really beat Jair. And, and yeah, Jair is good, but that's he's not that good, you know. <laughs> um, I think Lazard is a significant step down from Devontae. Uh, I think Dobbs is looking real good, but, you know, he's got drop issues and whatnot. And I don't know exactly what his ceiling is. I'm hopeful. But I'm more optimistic about the team and the offense as a whole. I'm optimistic about the scheme working for the the wide receivers and being able to get open and Rodgers being able to find the right guy at the right time, mix in the tight ends and the running backs, and I, and I think the offense will be okay. But specifically, how good do I think these wide receivers are? I'm kind of iffy. You know, I, I think, you know, Lazard is decent. Watkins is decent. Dobbs is probably going to be decent. Maybe he'll be great. I don't know. Watson, I've kind of given up hope on just because I think he needs a lot of time to learn, and he's getting none. So, you know, maybe he can really break out later on in the season, but my my hope for him kind of breaking out and, you know, offense rookie of the year and all that stuff, that's all kind of down the drain for me. So um, I think it's kind of rough, but, you know, it's it's all the other spots that are going to fill in and make the team what it's going to be. Second question is, uh, dang, did I just forget my second question? <laughs> oh, man. What's your third question? And I, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw my... The second question was about tipping. It's more of an experience. Um, well, I went to Florida, took my kids to Florida uh, for Disney World and everything. And um, after we left the Disney World, we stopped somewhere to get something to eat. And got the bill. It wasn't even like a, like a real, you know, luxurious restaurant. It was kind of like uh, just like a something better than a McDonald's, but like lower than like a... Texas Roadhouse, I guess, sure. steakhouse or whatever. Um, but we got the bill, and it had, you know, you have the 15%, 21%, 22%. It already had a service fee of the 15%, and they had a tip. Like, we had to do a tip as well. And I was shocked because I crazy. did the math. I'm like, that's just basically they added the minor tip already to the bill for no reason. We didn't have a waiter or anything. They just added it to it. And then they wanted us to tip again. So I was kind of a little mad about that. I still paid it, but, you know, I was a little mad about that. How do you feel about that? That was my question. I, I guess my question would be, and I'm, I'm super non-confrontational, so I don't know if I would say anything. Maybe I would, but 
what does that mean? I mean, if it said 15% tip, I'd be like, okay, cool. And then I wouldn't tip because you just took a tip. But what the heck is a service fee? I don't know what that is. You're, you're making things up. It sounds like you, you lowered your prices and then just jacked up 15% like a, a fake tax at the end to be like, well, we kind of lied on our menu to make it seem like we're a cheaper restaurant than we are. And now, now we just jacked up the prices on you. What does that mean? What service? What's, what service did you provide that I didn't pay for with the bill as it is? And then, yeah, I would be concerned as to, well, why would I leave you a tip? I mean, I don't want to not tip because, well, you said you don't have a server, so I definitely don't want it. So, yeah, that, that would be, that'd be super upset. I would not go back there <laughs> ever. I don't know what that is. That's nonsense. Third one is, uh, kind of goes back to the wire. You're tipping twice and you didn't have a server. Receivers, I feel like, well, I'm hoping that Aaron Rodgers trusts the wide receivers more, but I also understood why he didn't trust them in the beginning because you had, like, St. Brown dropping passes, and, you know, Lazard's pretty good, but, he, you know, sometimes he might not beat man coverage. So I kind of feel like the only person he felt like he could trust in those moments was Adams, but I'm assuming he has to, like, learn to work through that. And I feel like he's learning to do that because he really ain't got no choice. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people hate him saying how he can't do it. I just feel like they kind of let him down in the pants. But I'm thinking maybe uh, you know, the drugs he might take <laughs> makes him feel a little better about doing it. So uh, He got cut off at the three-minute. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's it. He doesn't have a choice anymore, you know. Whereas before, he can kind of cherry pick and be like, well, you know, maybe I should spread the ball out, but I don't need to because I've got Devontae. So I just don't feel like it. He He doesn't have a choice anymore. Now, he does have some level of trust with Lazard and Tunyon that he doesn't have with everybody. So he can still kind of play that game. But if you think about that level of trust, it's it's who? It's Lazard, probably Winfrey. I think he really likes Winfrey. He's building it very quickly with Dobbs, although Dobbs does have drop issues. Um, Randall Cobb, he has the trust with. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I mean, if you look at that level of trust, it's almost the whole team anyways. So who are we even leaving out? There's more people in than out. So, um, yeah, I, I think it'll be... I think it'll be fine. I'll say this too, though, just just for clarification, because that's the second time I've heard that as far as Lazard not being able to win against man coverage. Um, and I've never really looked it up before, but just so we're clear, um, pretty much everybody on this team is better against man coverage. But Alan Lazard had a 70.2 overall receiving grade against man coverage and a 58.6 against zone. So he was kind of garbage against zone coverage more so than man coverage. Statistically speaking, 16 receptions, 198 yards, and five touchdowns against man coverage. He had a 144 passer rating when targeted. Against zone coverage, 18 receptions, 294 yards, one touchdown, 112.5 passer rating. Um, So not that he's necessarily dominant against man coverage. Uh, He didn't rank super high, but still significantly better against man than against zone. So just throwing that out there. Looks like he was ranked like, let me make sure I got enough here, 55th wide receiver against man and 86th against zone. I know none of that's comforting, but I figured I'd throw it out there because it sounds like that's kind of a narrative that's really building steam. So we should probably get out in front of that one. Anyways, uh, next caller, what's going on, man? Hello. Good morning. Hey. 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 Hey, I was listening to the podcast and talked a little bit about uh, 
the philosophy behind not playing Rodgers in the preseason. Um, and I absolutely agree. I would not play Rodgers a single snap in the preseason. Right. But what I would like to see is I'd like to see Jordan Love play with the starters. I'd also like to see that defense play the starters uh, for at least, you know, I would say a little over a quarter, maybe close to a half at some point. I mean, they just simply cannot do what they did last year and come out in week one and stink it up like they did last year. I mean, they're playing the Vikings week one. They've got to come out as a division game. They've got to start out strong. Um, so, no, I'd love to see Jordan Love out with the starters for, you know, three quarters of a half, let's say. Um, maybe in that third preseason game, same thing for the starters on the defense just to get warmed up coming into that first game. Just love to hear your thoughts on that. Thanks. Yeah, I mean, again, you, you almost have to go player by player and say, okay, who do we want to risk losing them for the season so that we can have maybe a better week one? And when you phrase it that way, which is maybe a little unfair, but I think it is I think it is the way that it is, I'm crossing several people off. Um, I'm not willing to lose Jair Alexander for the season, if it means maybe having a better shot week one. I'm not willing to lose Rashawn Gary. Um, would I put pretty much everybody else out there at least a little bit and keep my fingers crossed and, and you know, hope beyond hope that everything's okay? Probably. But Aaron Rodgers, Jair Alexander, and Rashawn Gary, I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I know the odds of them actually getting hurt significantly are very low but still I, I just and, and beyond that that they're they're already you know you can see from camp Rodgers is ready to go Rashawn Gary's ready to go and 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 beyond that you know some of these guys if you look at the way their seasons go I I just I don't know that I necessarily even buy and I'm, I feel like I'm arguing against myself because I've been on both sides of this but I just don't know that I even buy that it's going to make that big of a difference you know I mean, oh, so one quarter is going to make the difference between them being garbage and them being elite? Well, good. Then by the second quarter of the Vikings game, they're going to be ready to go, right? So why don't we just do that? Um, and if a quarter doesn't make it... And, and, and I don't even know that I buy that because you got some players that halfway through, it takes them a half a season before they start to figure it out. It's, it, you know, week eight, they suddenly figure it out. We've seen that with... Savage in his second year. We saw that with Amos the same year. We've seen it with Kenny sometimes takes a half a year to get going. We've seen it with a lot of different guys where it's like just that first half of the year, there's just nothing going on. And then finally they kind of get into a groove. So, you know, if we just assume automatically that by playing them a quarter in the preseason that everything's going to be fine and we're going to crush the Vikings, then, then we could talk about it. But I think that's just kind of silly to assume, you know, and I know, I, I know the fear of, we don't want to come out super flat, but I don't know for a fact that if we had played, you know, a couple guys for a little bit of time in the preseason that suddenly we crushed the saints. I, I think we still get smoked. It was such a, a complete embarrassment. And I mean, who, who let's look at it. I'm, I'm just curious now who, who played poorly in that game that didn't play in the preseason. I know Rogers, obviously, so the guys on offense that were terrible, Rodgers, Tunyon, Lazard, Daphne, Aaron Jones, Royce Newman, Kylan Hill, and A.J. Dillon. Those are the guys that were really, really bad in that game. Rodgers obviously did not play in the preseason. Uh, Tunyon did not. 
Lazard did not. Daphne did, but only in week three, so the third one he played in. Aaron Jones did not. Royce obviously did, and he was dominant in the preseason, and it obviously meant nothing in the regular season. Uh, Kylan Hill obviously did. And A.J. Dillon also did play in the preseason. On the defensive side of the ball, Kingsley Kiki, Jonathan Garvin, Kevin King, Chauncey Rivers, Dean Lowry, Chris Barnes, Tyler Lancaster, Darnell Savage, Darius Smith um, were sort of the problems. Kingsley did play in the preseason. Garvin played in the preseason. Kevin King did not. Chauncey Rivers did. Dean Lowry did not. Chris Barnes did. Lancaster did. Savage did not. And Zadarius actually, wait, 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 clicking on the wrong thing, did not. So first of all, you look at it and it's it's about 50-50, but there's a couple other things. Look at the other guys that were really, really good in this game week one against the Saints. Preston Smith was dominant, had almost an elite grade. He did not play in the preseason. Jair was phenomenal, didn't play in the preseason. Adrian Amos, phenomenal, didn't play. Devondre Campbell had a good game. He was not in the preseason. Uh, You look on the offense, guys that played really well. Elton Jenkins had a great game, didn't play in the preseason. Mercedes Lewis had a great game, did not play in the preseason. So I I just, I think we ascribe too much blame to that. Maybe there are some people that it helps, maybe there are other people it doesn't. But I think the fact that it's one of Aaron Rodgers' worst games of his entire career is one of the main driving factors in this game being as bad as it was. And we could say, well, yeah, that's because he didn't play in the preseason. The guy hasn't played in the preseason since... I mean, 2018, and he was only six snaps, so, which I, I would assume we could say doesn't mean anything. The last time he had meaningful snaps was 2017. So 18, 19, 20, 21, it's been four years since the guy has done anything. I mean, th- there's been four seasons that we've played where he has not had any meaningful snaps in the preseason. And the year before that, 2020, one of the best games of his entire career was week one against Minnesota. He was not in the preseason. So I understand it philosophically that people say it. I can't find any data anywhere to back it up. It's, it's all anecdotal. Well, they didn't play starters in the preseason, and they had a really bad week one game. Therefore, that was the problem. Well, no, that, that doesn't prove that. It asserts it, but it doesn't prove it. What's the proof that that's, that is the reason? I see the correlation, but I don't see any proof that that's exactly what happened. So, you know, again, Minnesota, week one, 2020, Aaron Rodgers didn't play. He had a 96 overall grade. Literally one of the best games he's ever played in his entire life. You know, and if we just want to play games where we assert things, how bad was the offseason for Aaron Rodgers in 2021? Could that have had something to do with it? I don't know, man. It, it, It was just a bad game. That's all I know. And maybe it's just a team not really being prepared because it's week one, you know, just in general, not because they didn't practice in the preseason. Maybe it had more to do with what they did in training camp when, when, when the starters were actually together and doing things. Maybe it had to do with the week leading up to the Saints game, just not having a good game plan, not being in sync. The offensive line is not in sync. The quarterback and the wide receivers are not in sync, which again is a training camp function more than anything else. Maybe it had more to do with that kind of stuff, not being ready as a team, not because of preseason, but because of everything that should have happened prior to preseason. So, you know, I like the preseason because it's fun entertainment, and I like seeing guys play, and I want to see Jair out there, and I want to see Rashawn, and I want to see Rodgers. Just because I want the regular season to start, I want football. But I I don't think 
from a cost benefit standpoint, it's even close when you talk about, you know, our odds of beating the Minnesota Vikings if Rashawn Gary plays a quarter being the benefit, uh, which I think is unbelievably minimal. You know, how much does it move the needle? I mean, you, look at um, look at how many games we supposedly lost because we lost Devontae for the entire season. It's like 0.7. It's not even a full game that we got docked after losing Devontae Adams for a for just be, uh, completely off the team. How much do you think we gain for that one? Rash- Is it like 0.0001 wins on the season because Rashawn Gary played a quarter in the preseason? It's something like that. So are you willing to risk his injury, which granted is low, for that 0.001 you know, bump in uh, regular season wins? I just can't get there. I just cannot get there to making it make sense. I want to watch it. I don't see it. And if somebody has data send it to me. I want to look at it. I can't find it anywhere. Anything that proves any kind of correlation between preseason and regular season wins outside of the anecdotal evidence of, well, we lost week one, therefore. Well, that's silly. I mean, do I really have to go back and find other teams that lost and see if they sat their starters? You think I'm not going to be able to find one team that lost that also played their starters? Because I will be able to find it, and you know I will, and please don't make me do the work. Because I don't want to have to do the work to prove what we both already know is going to be true. All right? So that's just kind of where I'm at. And I love it when I can't read the transcription. It says transcription not available. It always scares me. Let's see how the... It's probably a butt dial. Goose is always butt dialing me. Do you not know how to use a phone in Canada? You guys have like... I don't understand, Goose. Let's see what's going on here. Yeah. Goose, come on, man. What are you doing? Was it was that you eating spaghetti? <laughs> no, he called back. Let's see. Uh, let's see what he was actually calling about. Hey, Ryan. Hey, I'm dropping Here's stuff. Opinion on guacamole. Oh, here we go. You there, Goose? Oh, Canada is like on Mars, I think. Not to make that awful choice to not enjoy those things. Okay, but my question is. Have you ever had shawarma or falafel? Because if you enjoy tacos and burritos, I highly suggest trying those two. You trying to make me cultured, Goose? Because I really don't appreciate that, okay? I don't need people trying to make me a better person on the podcast, trying to expand my horizons, all right? Do not make me a better person, Goose, all right, please? Shawarma or falafel? I don't know, man. I was watching a Kitchen Nightmares episode where they had like a Middle Eastern thing going on. There was like an aunt and a niece and some stuff and like a cousin was there and the food looked nasty. I mean, granted, it's Kitchen Nightmares, but isn't it? So we're talking about like a pita, right? I don't know. Let me Google it and find out what the heck we're talking about. Shawarma. You're just talking about a gyro. I'll I'll eat a gyro. And I I mean, I see other stuff. Shawarma is a popular Middle Eastern dish that originated in the Ottoman Empire consisting of meat cut into thin slices, stacked in a cone-like shape, and roasted on a slowly turning vertical. That sounds great, man. That sounds perfect. Um, I'll crush a gyro, but I don't want any of that tzatziki sauce on it. I don't want anything on it. Just give me meat and a pita. That's it. And we're not calling it a shawarma, and we're not putting veggies on it. And we're not putting sauce on it. Just give me some thin slices of meat with the crunchy stuff. Oh, my goodness. It's so good. I haven't had a good gyro in, like, 10 years. I'm not even kidding you. I, haven't had, I don't know if I've had a gyro in like 10 years. <sighs> I 
It's crazy when you love stuff, but then you just don't get it. Because I, I mean, I don't even know if there's gyro places around here. I don't know. I have no idea. But it's, it's a sad, it's a sad reality that I'm living. And then the other thing you said was falafel. Oh, is that that stuff with like chickpeas in it? Yeah, dude. No, never. Deep fried ball. I mean, I'm all about the deep fried balls, but why are you putting chickpeas in it? You can deep fry anything. You're putting chickpeas. I don't know the difference between chickpeas and regular peas, but I don't care. You could deep fry meat. You could deep fry cheese. You can deep fry a noodle, dude. I don't care. I'll eat it. You could deep fry French toast. I don't care what you... You could deep fry Oreos. They're amazing. There are so many delicious foods that you can deep fry, and you're like, oh, I know, chickpeas. What is wrong with you? And then you then you call into my podcast, and they're like, oh, I can't believe you don't like deep fried chickpea. You can call about anything you want in the world. Any food. Fried lasagna is a thing. I've had it. It's amazing. You can call and be like, dude, have you tried fried lasagna? And it's like, dude, yes, it's freaking awesome. Have you had deep fried Oreos? Uh, Yes, obviously amazing. How about corn dogs? How about a hot dog put on a stick that you dunk in batter and fry it? That's a meal. That's a meal all day. And just think, that's... why. Let me pause. Why haven't we done that with other foods? Hot dog is trash meat. It's not very good. I mean, they don't even use the good hot dogs like the beef hot dogs. They use the, the garbage hot dogs. And it's still delicious. Has anybody tried that with like... I know they have like breakfast sausages. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. But we need, we need more meats on sticks covered in, in uh, batter and fried. We don't need chickpeas fried in batter ever for anything. Ooh, you know what I like? Deep fried Oreos. But instead of Oreo, have you tried like broccoli? What? <laughs> no man i haven't had falafel probably won't have falafel um it, it's it's a big number but believe it or not there is a limit to the amount of food i can eat in a day and in a sitting and if there's any food anywhere in the world other than falafel i'll probably choose to eat that instead of a falafel chickpeas dude and it's like and you're like because you enjoy tacos and burritos i suggest trying falafel like what what does Deep fried chickpeas have to do with meat and cheese wrapped in a burrito shell. I get the shawarma for sure. Like, hey, um, you like tacos? Have you tried gyros? It's kind of the same thing, just slightly different bread, slightly different meat. Amazing. Yes. Perfect recommendation. Love it. Because every culture pretty much just has like a, a meat wrapped in a carb. You know what I mean? Like you go over to Asia, they're like, oh yeah, we got like rice and we throw stuff in it. Yes, delicious. Love it. Give me your, your culture's carb with meat mixed in it. It's amazing. Sesame chicken, do it up. I know that's an Americanized thing and they do more vegetables and stuff. I don't care. Give me the Americanized version with rice and meat. What do y'all got south of the border? Oh, we got these, uh, you know, carb made out of corn. We put like steak in it and stuff. And then this delicious sauces. <sighs> yes, please. What do you guys got? Well, we got like bread and we make like meat sandwiches. We got this one where it's like bread that we call a bun and we put these patties full of meat that's super juicy and then we slap some cheese on it and call it a, call it a cheeseburger. Yes! Amazing. So whatever your culture has with carb-meat combos, I'm all about it. I don't want to hear about your carb-vegetable combos. You're subbing out my meat for a vegetable? Get, out, get all the way out of my face forever. How are we 26 minutes in? What do we do? Two calls? We got to get rocking here. So I apologize. I'm, I'm apparently very... 
I don't know. Uh, new caller, maybe? Hey, so my uncle listens to your podcast, Justin, you know, JJ's friend. Oh, yeah. And it is the most annoying thing in the world. Like, could we please get some something? Uh-huh. Like some structure, maybe? Yeah. Maybe some, like, deleting some of Justin's calls. That's fair. It's just so stupid and annoying. Yeah. And I want it to end. Because okay. I work with him in the summer. And he listens to it every every morning. I see. And I would just like it to end. Because, first of all, football sucks. Okay. I don't care about the Packers. Right. No one should care about the Packers. Got it. They are idiots. Yeah. And they just... It's dumb. Yeah, right. Football's no. stupid. Got it. The podcast is dumb. Right. Because it just never goes anywhere. <laughs> like, are you just going to do this forever? What happens when people stop calling because it's stupid? Or are you marketing towards stupid people? <sighs> Thank you for your time. Have a lovely day. Bye. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just funny because I'm picturing what she's saying, and she's been listening to this every day, and then she just snapped. And she's like, I can't freaking take it anymore. She heard me say the phone number. She copied it down, called in, and just unloaded. And fortunately... Um, we got another call, so it it just keeps getting better. Maybe so. Here we go. Hey, this is Justin Denise again. Hey, and okay. Yep. Stop posting them late at night. All right. He stays up to watch them, not to watch them, to listen to them late at night. And you know, you guys live together. I thought you work together. You guys work together at eleven o'clock at night. What happens when he stays up late? He wakes up early. It doesn't change. Okay. So please stop posting them at night. Okay. Some people get grouchy when they don't get a lot of sleep. Right. And it's annoying and rude. I know it's the name of your show or something, yeah. but change the name. Thank you. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, we're kind of we're kind of kind of crowded at the moment with uh, time slots. So I have a different podcast that you probably haven't heard because. Your uncle doesn't also doesn't really care for the Packers. He probably doesn't listen to that. But so I can't do it early in the morning. And then we've got like an afternoon, generally like an afternoon show. Like you said, I, I've got a. It's the name of the show, so it's it's an open time slot. It's the name of the show. JJ put a lot of work into that logo. I tend to like the logo. In fact, I use it just generally um, when I'm doing like video content. That you know, it's got like neon on. It's pretty sweet. And then like I, it's just got like an ambiance to it that I've become accustomed to so i think i'm gonna keep doing that and i'm gonna keep doing the show um as for your question about what happens when people stop calling you know i kind of thought that would happen after the first day but i and I, I hate to even tell you this more people are calling like it's becoming a even more of a thing like for example you called in and are a, a new caller and i i hope you call back because it's a nice little twist on things, um, getting a different perspective on things. Um, and yeah, you're right. Things don't really go anywhere. That is the point of the show. And I'm very sorry that you're going to have to listen to this over and over and over and over and over and over with your very grouchy uncle who didn't get any sleep. So I apologize. And you are Justin's niece, I think. So that will be your name officially for now and forever.
In fact, we've got a special treat for you, Justin's niece. Um, next caller is Justin. Justin, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Hey. Justin again. How you doing? Um, after hearing you describe the Mission Impossible you did see, um, I'm pretty sure you saw the first one. Okay. It has a train scene, you know, at the end, like the finale scene. So, um, didn't want you to be disappointed, but you probably would have, you know, remembered seeing it as soon as you started playing it. So... Um, I thought it was worth seeing, but apparently that was the worst one. Am I am I wrong though? Because I, I again I saw it once for like fifteen seconds, and then laughed, and then realized it was serious, and then I turned it off immediately. But does anybody recall seeing that recently? If you were to think back to that scene, does that seem so stupid? Because I don't even remember what happened. I just remember watching it and thinking it was so bad it was a spoof, and then whatever. Maybe maybe I'm just way off base on that, but that was my recollection. Um, am I the only one that watches that and just thinks this is just garbage? Just wondering. You. So, uh, which is a bummer because it's a good series. But anyway, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one you saw was the first one. Bye. Thank you. And thank you for, um, for, for everything you've done. For, for, I just, I just don't want you ever to, to, to leave. I want you to call a lot of times and I want you to stay up late listening and eating ice cream, um, drinking coffee. You know, because you don't want to fall asleep halfway through the show. So stay up really late, play some video games, listen to it, and, um, you know, just enjoy your life. You know, it's it's your life, and I just want you to enjoy it the way you want to enjoy it. So um, I guess we're a half hour in. We might as well take a break. It seems like a appropriate place to, to stop and whatnot. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy if you want to support the podcast. Of course, if you want this show to go away forever, you should not support the podcast. But if you want me to keep doing what it is that I like to do, which is ruin people's lives with my content, to cause pain and misery while people are simply trying to go to work and do their jobs, then patreon.com forward slash pack underscore daddy would be the place to do that. You can jump in for as little as a dollar a month. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hey, Ryan, this is Joey. A couple questions for you. One, you all have talked a lot about Rico Gafford being a potential, um, you know, two-way player. I was just kind of curious over the last, I don't know, 20 or 30 years or so, have we had success um, you know, transitioning players from one side of the ball to the other, or you know, can you think of any players who have played on both sides of the ball a reasonable number of snaps? I don't know if that's you know, 10, 20 plus in a season. Um, two, I also just would love to know what are you most excited to watch on Friday? Is there a specific person or a specific uh, position group that you're most excited to to watch? So, hope you're having a great rest of your day. Thanks. Um, as for the two way players, I'm I'm almost positive there's a very popular and famous example of that in the Packers cornerback group, but I cannot think of who that is. Maybe I'm off base. I'm trying to go through and see who it might be. It's not Casey Hayward. I don't know. There there are other people listening that will have answers right on the tip of their tongue. Um, I'm not good with remembering that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately, I, I, I don't, it doesn't super bother me. Um, it's a small sample size to begin with. It, it's very rare that this thing happens. So you know, if there are 10 examples over the last 10 years, especially if most of them are like undrafted free agents and things, you would assume that out of 10, maybe one, somewhere between zero and one would end up being successful. So you wouldn't expect a very high hit rate with that. The only real question is, is how is he doing? So that that's the biggest thing for me on, on, on Rico um, is, is he making an impact? And I think he is. As for Friday, what do I want to watch? Man, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about love, but I, I, I'm not as excited as I have been in the past. I, I wish I was more excited about Jordan Love. I feel like that's the right answer, but I think I've just kind of resigned myself to the fact that I'm, I'm not really much of a believer. I'm open to it, and I'm excited about it, and I hope he becomes great, but it's just kind of a, I'm just going to be an observer until he proves me otherwise. Um, the running backs, I'm, I'm more or less excited about, but there's nothing massively impactful as far as the regular season, which is most important. I would say to want Devontae Wyatt, but he's being evaluated for a concussion right now, so I don't know if he's even going to play. So um, I guess just going through the positions, Romeo Dobbs is is definitely a big one. I, I want to see if he can do this up against other competition. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about other guys, but we know what Lazard is. We know what Cobb is. We know what some of these... Uh, Amari is another one would be nice to see, but Romeo is the guy that I definitely want to watch. Um, be nice to get a little bit of an idea of the offensive line. I'm planning on recording this game so I can go back and re-watch it. Um, but not a lot of offensive line notes, especially with like Josh Myers, for example, every single note is he's getting yelled at by Aaron Rodgers. Okay. But how is he blocking? You know, is he doing a good job with that? Cause if so, then that's good enough information for me. Um, 
tight ends, there's not much I care too much about. I, I know I like Dominique Daphne. Um, be nice to see a jump from Josiah, but I don't know how much we're going to be able to see in a preseason game. Tyler Davis is the one that's supposed to be jumping off the, the, the tape, but hasn't done a ton up to this point. Very excited to see the defense, but again, I don't know who's even going to be playing, especially if Wyatt isn't out there. Is it going to be like TJ Slayton, Jack Heflin, and Akeel Byers or something? Like, you know, whatever. Quay is a big one, and I don't even know how much he's going to be playing out there because he's a lock number one. He's going to need the reps, so he'll be out there, but I have a, fe- I have a feeling he'll get pulled kind of early, to be honest with you. I mean, as far as like other rookies go, I don't know that they're going to risk putting him out there a ton of time. So whereas, you know, let's say... Uh, Kingsley and Agbar would maybe get a half, which probably not because there's so many guys to go through. But let's just say, or let's say Ty Summers or something gets a half. I, I, you know, Quay, I'm thinking maybe quarter and pull him, if that. But I don't know. I, he's such a unique person because usually rookies, yep, you got to get out there. But I mean, just I, I just think he's such a pivotal piece that they're not going to risk putting him out there too long. Um, we're not going to see a lot of the DBs, so it really just comes down to kind of getting these guys to separate. Real excited about Rico, as you mentioned, so I hope he has a good day, special teams and on defense. But, you know, Vernon Scott has solidified himself as sort of safety number three. I've never been a big Vernon Scott fan, but he's clearly making an impact. Sean Davis had a great day in training camp today, so see what he can do. Um, Innis Gaines on the unofficial depth chart was actually ahead of, um, I'm sorry, Kavianento. I, I keep getting these guys confused. Kavianento was actually ahead of Rico Gafford. So we'll see what he's got going on. I'll be interested in the alignments. Um, you know, Shamar Jean Charles was getting a ton of snaps from the slot. Is he going to also get that again, or is it is that kind of gone by the wayside now that Keyshawn Nixon is back? But um, yeah, I, I think Dobbs and, and Quay Walker are probably the two biggest ones that I want to see. I mean, overall, I'd love to see defensive dominance, but again, I don't know that that's going to happen because a lot of the dominant players aren't going to be in the game. Hey, Ryan, it's your old buddy John from Phoenix. Going on. Um, so real talk, right. uh, last night I watched the first episode of Hard Knock. I haven't seen on that the yet. Detroit Lions. Yeah. I got to admit, it was really good. All right. Last season with McCarthy and Dak and Jerry Jones, that was pretty boring. That's funny. Every year I get excited about Hard Knocks, and I feel like I have not seen Hard Knocks in like four years. Like I just, I just don't watch it. So I don't even know if I saw the Dallas Cowboys one. I used to be super into it. I, <laughs> last one I remember watching religiously was uh, like Andy Dalton and the Bengals, which was forever ago. Um, but yeah, I, I, I need to get on that. In fact, can I see that? Is that on Hulu? I'm going to watch that like now-ish. Oh, I got to pay extra for it. I need the HBO package so I can't watch it. Never mind. I guess I'm not watching it. So there you go. Maybe that's why I never watch it because... <laughs> Don't have HBO. Anyway, sorry, go on. But I really enjoyed watching Motor City Dan Campbell talk to the team. First off, he is yoked. He's just straight jacked. He is. He looks like he could almost play in the NFL again right now. It's ridiculous. But the cool thing about him is is that he he really believes what he says. I mean, last season with the biting of the kneecaps and stuff, I thought he was a clown. Right. Then I saw just a few second clip of him at the Lions family night a few days ago talking about how they're starving for victory or something like that. And I thought, yeah, right. What a bunch of corny stuff. But after watching that first episode of Hard Knocks, I got to say I was wrong. Dan Campbell is all heart. He loves that team. He loves his coaching staff, who are a bunch of really solid ex-NFL players, by the way. Yep. 
And it looks like the team is really buying into what he's all about. I got to admit, I'm getting a bit of a man crush on MCDC <laughs> and the Lions as an organization. I got to admit, I'm, I'm a little thrown off. And I, I here's the thing, I'm with you. So I'm, I'm not even trying to say that I don't agree because I do. But I'm a little thrown off how many people feel the need to call in and tell me how, how much they're into dudes that are jacked. I think it's odd. The rest of the team looks like they genuinely like each other and really want the best from themselves on and off the field. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl. They certainly could. Crazier things have happened. But I am saying that the Vikings and the Bears better not count the Lions out. Right. And the Packers and the rest of the NFL, for that matter. I think the Lions are going to have eight or nine wins this season, at least. And I, for one, am going to enjoy watching them as the season goes on. Go Pack Go! Thanks for listening, buddy. See you later. Yeah, I, I, here's what I'll say. I, first of all, I, I I agree. I wish they weren't in the division because if it was, if it was any other division, it'd be a team that I'd be rooting for. You know, I can't root for them because that directly negatively impacts us. But if it was the, I don't know, the Jaguars or something, it would be entertaining. It'd be fun to watch, and um, I'd be able to root for them. I guess at least at least up until they become an actual threat to the NFL, then I would hate them. But I'll, I'll put this caveat in there. I think they better win at least eight games this year because all the hype and all the rah-rah and all that, it only carries you so far. And kudos to him and, and for that leadership for being able to get that much buy-in from such a broken franchise. I was picking on the Bears for how bad things are getting. It, it's been that way forever for Detroit. So to come in there and get any level of belief and to get, I mean, the, the culture there has got to be better than anywhere else in the NFL just based on how far they had to come. And to have this level of belief based on nothing, it is pure faith. Um, and so it's it's really impressive. And I don't think that should ever go underappreciated for any reason. However, there is a limit. And you can't win two, three, four games every year and be able to maintain this level of, of belief. So I, I think if they get four wins this year I don't think that I think it's kind of done not not to say that they can't rebound and, and continue to build the team up by getting more players and everything else but so much of what they are right now is based on just this genuine belief that we can do it we're going to be better we're going to and at some point it's like you know I've been here for so many years I've heard the same rah-rah nonsense you know because these are guys that have been with with Campbell and with the the organization for you know now going on three years and you just get to a point where it's like I've 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 heard this before, and we suck every year, and I'm tired of it. Kind of like Miles Garrett, you know, it, it's a different situation. But they were asking Miles Garrett the other day about um, about the Browns and how good they are on paper, and he's like, you know, I'm tired of hearing about how good we are on paper. It's just paper. We got to put it on the field. And I think the Lions are going to get to that point if they don't see genuine progress. And I'm not talking good team, but yeah, you got to get close to 500 at least to at least get to the point where you can convince the the guys in the locker room that it's working, we're getting there. You know, we, we went from one of the worst teams in football to a very average team in football, and if we make a similar jump, we're talking top 10 team in football, and we can do it again. You know, we, we got belief in the front office and who they're bringing in, the support that we're getting. We got belief in the coaches, and we got belief in the guys in the locker room. But um, if they don't take a significant jump, and I don't know that it's a guarantee that they do, if they don't take a significant jump, I think it's going to be, I, I think it's going to be hard for them to maintain, sort of that that rah rah mentality. 
Because right now it's it's a pile of of garbage being propped up by by hype. The roster is not great. I mean, it is getting better, and that's that's the thing. That's the intersection as the as the hype starts to dissipate because people have heard it now for a significant period of time. You have to have that roster climbing fast enough so that it can it, it can bear the load of the expectations by the time the hype falls off. And I think they're heading in that direction, but um, I think this is the last year. They, they, by by this year, they need to make significant pros- progress, and by next year, they need to be somewhat of a contender, at least talking about, you know, playoff contention. Not necessarily best in the NFC North, depending on if, how the Packers are doing or whatever, but, you know, at least kind of like we talk about the Vikings. They, they're certainly good enough to be number two, possibly number one if they're super good and if the Packers fall off, and certainly good enough that if they can put their best foot forward, they're in playoff contention. That's where the Lions need to be by next year. Hey, Ryan, this is Garrett. I wanted to share my own version of laughing at the enemy. Nice. Uh, last year after uh, Rodgers gave the old I own you in Chicago, it gave me the idea of doing something to some of the customers on my route that I knew uh, were Bear fans. So I wrote a letter that was addressed from Aaron Rodgers, uh, downloaded a picture of him doing his touchdown Jesus, added that to it, and uh, put him in envelopes for the five or six people on my route and a couple of guys that work at the local tire shop that I uh, chew the fat with uh, regarding football and stuff that I knew were big-time Bears fans. And I addressed it with their names and everything and hand-delivered them to uh, all these people um, and just waited for um, a response. And the guys at the tire shop looked at me the next day after I knew that they got the letters and asked them, like, what's going on? And they're like, you. It's like, what did you do? It's like, I didn't do anything Rogers did. It's like, so it's just one of those uh, things I hold over them every year now. Is this legal, the, the, the thing you're doing, where the mailman can add mail? I guess. Can you just get... Do you have to pay for postage? I'm just wondering because you're 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 just delivering mail into people's mailboxes. Um so I'm just I'm just saying, like maybe if it's on your route, like if if grandma's house is on your route, can you just slip in a card? Or is that is that considered not legal? And if 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 it's the latter, did you do something wrong here? I maybe we shouldn't have this conversation. Maybe we shouldn't have this conversation. I'm just saying. But um you did call into the show and, and announce it to everybody, so I'm just curious, I guess. I don't know. Seems seems like it would at least be frowned upon, but I appreciate you doing it nonetheless. Uh, I plan on doing something again this year after uh, the Bears game, so I uh, just thought I'd share that little experience with you. Have a good one, Ryan. It's got me thinking about so many different things, just, just the possibilities of um, being a mail carrier and, and what you could put in people's <laughs> mailboxes, and nobody would know who did it. Like, I keep getting this crazy letter. What's going on? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just the mailman. I just deliver it. Well, where is it coming from? I don't know. It's crazy. Doesn't have a return address, nothing. Doesn't even have my address on. How did it get in? I don't know. Somebody must have slipped it in there in the middle of the night. They start setting up, like, cameras around their house trying to figure out who's slipping stuff in their mailbox. They cannot figure it out. Like, it's crazy. It just keeps getting, it keeps getting in there. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's a conspiracy, man. Somebody's maybe hacking into your camera mainframe and deleting the archives and whatnot it's pretty wild just wondering i don't know it's a it's a it's a world that i have not explored before dave yo when you go on bear social media and post trigger warning yeah bear fans don't watch hard knocks this season (laughs) 
Get used to seeing these words. Chicago Bears, fourth place in the NFC North. They go, they lose their minds. It's, it's too funny. That's all. John, with our uh, daily Chicago Bears trolling report, um, he's out there just chumming the waters and trolling up Bears fans and having a good old time. So I appreciate that. And if you're looking for any tips or tricks or advice on how to troll your local Bears fan, uh, John will be calling in daily with um, some some new strategies on how to make their lives miserable. Uh, John, you got something else for me, man? Yeah, ma'am. Um, so me again. Uh, yeah, I'm off work uh, today, so uh-huh. that's why all the phone calls. I'm it's sorry. Fine. I get it. Not trying to pull a Tom on you. I just uh, have some free time. Where is Tom, by the way? Anyhow, these Bear fans on social media are fired up, and I'm really glad that I am in Arizona and not Wisconsin right now. Um, I almost posted this phone number on this one uh, Bear fan group (laughs) uh, and invited them to uh, voice their opinions. Right. Uh, What do you think about that? You I, might get a whole new version. Yeah, it's it's going to change the dynamic of the show, but I th- I think it'd be fun. I mean, we could sit here and talk about tacos and falafel all day long if you want. Um, Justin's niece doesn't seem to appreciate that, but maybe she doesn't like it as much as she would. She'd probably like that more than the uh, me screaming at Bears fans. But I mean, it's up to you guys. Again, this is this is your show. You do what you want to do, and if you want to turn this into a Chicago Bears fans call in and say stupid stuff, I don't have to play all of them either. If it's getting to be too ridiculous, but. Um, I think it could be fun because they're going to call in and try to take a position that is un- indefensible and, and just kind of, it's sort of like they just call in and straw men themselves. You know what I mean? And I just, uh, just knock them down. Version of laughing at the enemy. Let me know. I'll be listening. Go pack. Go. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. It's like, it's, it's bears fans self-submitting laughing at the enemy clips. They don't realize that's what they're doing, but that's what it's going to be. And it'll, I don't know. I think that'd be pretty great. So Anyways, we've got a couple more calls here. Hey, Ryan. Hey, I just saw a picture of uh, Soldier Field uh, for the day of Family Fest, and yeah. uh, I think there are more people in the room when I had my vasectomy than there was in the stands. Uh, besides that, I think uh, Lori Lightfoot's going to hang up a, a banner. How many people is that, by the way? Outside of Soldier Field for uh, Spirit Halloween uh, in place of the Chicago Bears this season. <laughs> Both are scary, but uh got to love it. It's a good call, man. You always got those. What? Those places are so weird. They just pop up out of nowhere around Halloween time. And they're like, we took over the store and we sell um, costumes for like a month and then vanish into thin air. We'd never to be seen again. That would be hilarious if, if uh, Soldier Field just turned into a like a giant mall, you know. I might actually go there if there's like a Cinnabon in there, you know, which it pains me to say Cinnabon because I've been saying Cinnabon for years, but I feel like, I, I guess, apparently, I just crossed over into the dark side and I now call it Cinnabon, which is stupid, and it should never be called that. Um, but yeah, dude, you get some sweet cinnamon rolls. Uh, Sabaro. I haven't had Sabaro, and that's another one. I haven't had that in forever. I like Sabaro. I know pizza people are like, you're an idiot. You like it's As far as mall food goes, and it's the giant slices, I like it, man. I think it's good. See, maybe I would like New York pizza, because it's like New York pizza, but not nearly as good as, as what they have, and I tend to like Sabaro, so maybe it would be good. I don't know. I don't know, man. A lot of things in life that I'm not sure about yet, but we got uh, one more call. Let's see what's going on. Hey, Ryan. My name is Jake. I was just wondering what, what a realistic 
season for Quay Walker would look like this year. I just feel like we can get really, really amped up with him being a first round and how he's looked and all this. And I really, really hope it's true and that it translates well into the regular season. But I just would like you to maybe go back and look at some and like middle linebackers from the first round and just see how they came out in their first year and just maybe kind of help us see reality. Thank you. Well, I feel like you're baiting me a little bit here because you, and maybe you don't know, maybe this is all new to you, but, um, oh shoot. Can I call you? Do we have another Jake? Can I call you Jake also? I don't know. It just another Jake popped up and it was like, okay, I guess I don't want to overwrite the other Jake. I don't think that's how contacts work. Um, I've been very vocal about the fact that first-round linebackers suck. They just do. Pretty much every first-round linebacker, not all of them, I guess Jeremiah owosu um, seemed Koromoa seemed pretty good. I think he kind of fell off, though. But they, they just suck. They suck, and they suck, and they suck, and they suck, and they suck. But if we look at, let's just do 2019 to 2022, or I guess we can't do 2022, but 2021, just because I don't want to spend all day doing this. How about Devin Bush? Devin Bush in his career, 62, 59, and 34 overall grade last year. 34. He was the number 10 overall selection. Remember how badly a lot of Packer fans really wanted Devin Bush? I think I liked Devin Bush a lot. Um, There were a lot of other guys that were, were in contention, but... Devin was sort of the guy. Do you remember that? Of the linebackers drafted in 2019 and 2021, Devin Bush and Devin White, who are the two guys taken in the first round, were both dead last. Out of 12 linebackers taken in, in 2019, out of 12, Devin White was 11th, Devin Bush was 12th. <laughs> to be clear, however, only one linebacker in the entire group has a good grade. And that's TJ Edwards, who is with the Philadelphia Eagles. The second best, second highest grade out of 12 is a 67. If you fast forward to the draft class of 2020, not one player has a good grade, although Jonas Griffin, who hardly plays at all, had a 69 overall grade, so it's kind of close. Of the first round picks in 2020, Patrick Queen, Jordan Brooks, Kenneth Murray, Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons, who is considered one of the greatest, like, this this guy is is otherworldly, right? You shouldn't take linebacker super early, but this guy is just on another level. He he's he's a linebacker that is that you know he's as big as a linebacker, but is basically plays like a corner. It's it's unbelievable what he can do. He has a fifty one overall grade. He's garbage. He's always been garbage. Jordan Brooks had the second highest grade of anybody with a fifty eight overall grade, forty three coverage grade. He's horrible at it. Fortunately, he's not the worst run defender, which is the only thing that's redeemable with him. Patrick Queen has a 43 overall grade. He's terrible at everything. And Kenneth Murray has a 34 overall grade. They're all terrible. 2021 is sort of the saving grace. Micah Parsons, obviously 89.8 overall grade, almost entirely based on his pass rush, though, which again is sort of the issue. If that declines, he's he's not very good. He has a 59 run defense grade and a 69 coverage grade. He's not a good linebacker. He's a good pass rusher. He's a very mediocre, if not subpar, linebacker. Mr. Jammin Davis, 46 overall grade. Zaven Collins, 69. Not the worst, but a lot of it is basically because he either plays really, really well or really, really terribly. He's got 20s and 30s, and then he's got like a 90 and an 80 mixed in there. 
And then again, Jeremiah Owosu Koromoa, 76.5 overall grade. So we had two guys in this draft class that were actually pretty solid. In fact, overall, Nick Bolton had a 69 overall grade. JOK had a 76. Pete Werner had a 80 overall grade, and Micah Parsons had a 90 overall grade. So it was actually a pretty solid class. Pete Werner was a second-round pick. So there is some level of hope, I guess. But generally speaking, and it's not just linebackers, it's it's most players, but specifically with linebackers, because again, this is, if you look at the 2019 class, it's not based on their rookie year. I was looking at this year. Even after three years, they all still suck, which is probably a big part of the reason why people don't draft linebackers, because, you know, they're not good at football and stuff. So yeah, it's fair to want to bring it down a peg. In fact, if I did defensive tackles, you'd be even more depressed, because there, there have been no good defensive tackles. And I'm not talking first round, I'm talking period. In the last, like, three years, there's been, like, one. <laughs> that's, that's, like, it. So um, I think in addition to that, even if he has a good year, and I, I, I am a believer, and I, I, I have been the most staunch do-not-take-a-linebacker-in-the-first-round-because-they-all-suck types of guys that there is. But I am a believer um, in Quay Walker, not only because he's having a fantastic camp, but I, I just think he has a relatively easy job. I think... You know, Devondre Campbell came over here and was successful because Joe Barry made it easy on him. And Joe Barry, remember, he is a linebacker's coach. That's what he does. That's what's in his DNA. But he allowed Devondre Campbell to come in and really simplify things and just be a linebacker is, is how Devondre phrased it. Quay is going to have that ability, but also with being the number two linebacker and having Devondre Campbell there to help him. But not only that, he's got the defensive tackles in front of him to help him. He's got the edge rushers in front of him to help him. He's got the corners and the, and the safeties behind him to help him. It's such a deep crew of talent that it's really going to be able to help him just thrive in whatever limited role they're going to ask him to do. But that kind of brings us to the other issue is even if he has a quote-unquote good year, because he's a linebacker, that's probably not going to amount to much that's super tangible. Now, we, we still appreciated Devondre Campbell's contributions, despite, you know, he doesn't have a lot of stats that really point out or that pop out. So we, we'll be able to recognize it, but I don't know that there's going to be a, a parade or anything for him or any accolades or necessarily Defensive Player of the Year unless unless there's sacks there or, or a bunch of picks. But I, I really just expect him to be a solid contributor that does his job and does it well, and, and that really helps the overall quality of the defense is sort of my expectation. But you're right, there, there, there might be too much hype, depending on what the expectation, I guess, is. Anyways, we are all caught up on calls, so congratulations to Justin's niece. You made it through another one. Um, we're all proud of you. We're very proud of you for making it through this. You guys have a good one. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.